Greetings, friends, and welcome to I Think Speech. I am Hazel Archer Ginsburg, and we are on a journey through Holy Week, the Eightfold Path to Easter. And today is Good Friday, 2021. Yesterday, we talked about how on Monday, Thursday, Christ bestows the, the Holy Supper to the disciples in the the peace of the upper room, demonstrating the really the first great victory over dead matter when the earthly substances of, of bread and wine become luminous through the sun force in the heart of Christ. He takes the terrestrial substances away from the powers of darkness and transforms them into the body and blood of his being of light. And just as he's able to ensoul the earthly elements during his life so that they become radiant, he will have even more power to do this after conquering death. So as Good Friday of Holy Week comes in, the bearing of Christ Jesus changes. His fiery fighting will is no longer holding sway. In the Garden of Gethsemane, the fight against the power of death enters a decisive phase. Here in the quiet grove of the Mount of Olives, where he's so often been with his disciples for intimate teaching, he must now withstand the most dangerous attack of the enemy in utmost loneliness. The sacramental community, which was just established in the upper room, is not able to help and benefit him. The consciousness of the disciples has not grown into the greatness of the moment. Judas has gone out into the night of betrayal, but the others too leave their master in the lurch. They are immersed in the twilight of their sleep, out of which Peter will deny Christ. It is not an inner weakness and fear of death with which Christ has to wrestle in Gethsemane. I mean, it's easy to, to misunderstand the whole passion of Christ by thinking that, that he was praying to be spared from death when we hear, quote, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but thine be done. And then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. Right? So this, this angel sent to strength, to give him strength, helps him battle the destroying angel, right? Who wants to possess and enslave him. The secret of the conflict in Gethsemane lies in the fact that death wants to outwit Jesus. It wants to take him away too soon before he's ended his work, before the Christ impulses fully filled the last vestige of the earthly vessel down to the bones with his spirit. Christ does not fear death. It is death itself that fears Christ and is apprehensive of losing control over him. And so Araman seeks to wrestle him down before it is time for the appointed free 
sacrifice. Now we, we have to remember that for three years, this cosmic fire of divine egohood has burned in the body and soul of Jesus. It's hard to even imagine the cosmic Christ, the an aspect of the Holy Trinity itself, having had to contract itself down into a human body. You know, how could it even withstand this power for, for even three years? So it's this picture of the human vessel from within outwards that has already been almost consumed to ashes. What still has to be suffered and completed demands so much strength from the earthly sheaths of Jesus that there is a real danger of premature death. And Araman uses all his tricks, pushing to make use of this moment. In the Gospel of Luke, Luke, the physician, describes these precise words. Uh, he, he tells what happens when he says, quote, and being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Right, this physician uh, is describing a death struggle and that, that it has already begun. And then when Luke adds, Quote, and his sweat was, as it were, great drops of blood falling down to the ground. In this, we, we hear how a powerful struggle of bodily symptoms fighting the agony of death with spirit strength is occurring. And so the Christ is victorious and death is repulsed with the mightiest force of prayer ever known on earth. He wrestles to remain in the body, as painful as it is, in order to bring his cosmic spirit all the way down to the bones. And then we know the story that between midnight and sunrise, the gang of soldiers come to seize him with rough hands after the kiss of betrayal by Judas. He does not oppose them. Instead, he actually has to stop Peter who wants to fight for him. And then he's, he's dragged through the city from one end to the other. He's delivered to those who scourge him, press the crown of thorns on his brow, spit upon him and strike him in the face. The witnesses of the tragedy are, are overcome with his anguish as he's forced to carry the heavy cross and is then nailed upon it by the executors with heartless cruelty. Many wonder what has become of the fighting power which blazed in him during the week. Has he abandoned the battle against the blindness and wickedness of men? No, the fight which was waged on the human level on the previous days is now carried on in, in a higher sphere. And so it takes on still more powerful dimensions. The Christ is fighting against the invisible demonic powers from whose tyranny he will deliver humankind. 
He fights against the Luciferic powers, right? those glittering beings of deceptive light who want to estrange the human being from the earth. And also, especially against the Aramonic powers who want to harden and fetter humanity to dead matter. As Christ seemingly surrenders, he's really following the adversarial powers into their hiding places in order to overcome them there. Araman displays his power over the human being most triumphantly when he approaches in the form of death. In humanity's evolution up to the turning point of time, death, which had formerly been known as the big brother of sleep, a restful friend of humanity, had taken on the the gruesome features of fear and doubt, Araman's weapons. When we've shuffled off our mortal coil, we must be able to receive the forces of the spiritual world to renew us for our next life on earth. But if we are fearful or in unconscious denial of spiritual connections, death can trap and thrust us into the unbridgeable exile of material existence alone, making us slaves to the earth. The aramonic power of death uses the earth to mock the human being. During earthly life, this adversarial force seeks to bind us by making all kinds of promises of materialistic fulfillment, right? But of course, we, we cannot, you know, all of these, these treasures we build on earth, they can't be carried into the spiritual world after death. The more a person is attached to the things of this side during life, the more inescapably they are alienated after death. Only those people who have gained a firm foothold in the life of spirit during life on earth can, after death, remain united with those who are still living on earth and become fortified by the spiritual powers in the life between death and rebirth. These are some of the insights and gifts of spiritual science. So on the morning of Good Friday, Christ confronts the whole of humanity as represented by the three figures of Caiaphas, Pilate, and Herod. Then the way leads up to Golgotha. Nails driven by the soldiers into the hands and feet of the Christ. And it seemed as, as though he allows everything to come about quite passively. But in fact, through the medicine of bitter pain, his inmost being has gained the ultimate power of spirit over matter so that death can no longer claim him. The Aramonic death powers realize this and appear for their last effort, furious that this dark influence has had no avail. And when the sun is darkened, 
during the sultry midday hours of Good Friday, it is the demon of the sun, Sarat, straining to the utmost against the god of the sun. And when the ground is shaken by the earthquake, all the asuras of the inner earth storm forward and endeavor to help the Aramonic death power to victory. The Antichrist moves the earthly elements and even the forces of heaven. However, death can strip nothing from the sovereignty of Christ's spirit, from his authority over all earth existence. It is in accord with his own will that the cosmic powers rise up in the hour of Golgotha. It is ordained. And on the cross, there is a recapitulation of the struggle in Gethsemane to spiritualize matter to its fullest when Christ speaks the words, I thirst. He still remains true to his, his earth mission, even as he thirsts to fulfill it, waiting for the exact right moment, the perfect ordained cosmic configuration in order to breathe out his soul. It is not his will to escape into the spiritual world through dying. It is his will to remain united with the earth when he goes through death. He grapples to enter still more deeply into the earthly world of matter which he bears in himself through his physical body. There is still a last remnant to be ensouled. So this too he will not abandon to the prince of this world, who is always working in the material realm to make the earth his possession once and for all. In the midst of the darkness, a further mystery was manifested on Golgotha, which relates to our current time of the consciousness soul, when human beings are beginning to be able to perceive the Christ in the etheric realm. For it is said that the body which hung on the cross began to radiate light. In many country districts of Europe, in a, a field or at a roadside, you can find a, a crucifix with a gilded figure on a black wood cross, revealing a momentous secret of Good Friday that is living in the wisdom of folklore. A spirit recalling in the, in the hearts of the country folk that a miraculous brilliance broke through the dreadful noonday half-light on that Good Friday, a picture of the Son of Christ, revealing itself as the physical Son suffered eclipse. The spiritual Son of Christ, revealing itself as the physical Son suffered eclipse. A ray of Easter already wove itself into the darkness of Good Friday. Rudolf Steiner describes this vision as being seen by the Druids in Ireland, that they 
could perceive in the etheric realm the deed on Golgotha as it took place and know that this deed is the antidote to the fall from the Garden of Eden, giving us a resurrection of our human phantom body and the future blessings that brings for the whole of, of human evolution. Quite a vision. And so the last of the seven words from the cross, it is finished, does not refer to the sufferings which have been surmounted, but to the complete conquest of the power of death which has been achieved. It is finished. The Christ, having completely united his spirit with the earthly body of Jesus, is able to unite now with the whole earth. The deed is completed. The blood streams from his wounds. His soul goes with it into the body of the earth. Later, as the body is lowered into the grave, the earth opens in an earthquake and takes into herself the body of Christ. The earth receives the body and blood of Christ, the great communion, the medicine, for spiritualizing all material existence is incorporated forevermore into earth existence. The medicine that can transform the earth into a sacred planet, a sun, and every human being, a star. It's up to us, friends, to complete this task. So it is.